Teachers are ordained and anointed by God to correct, reprove, and instruct in righteousness. Teachers are disciples held to a higher standard and confidence. Teachers are offenders of evil because they speak God's truth. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of The Teaching Prophet. I am she. She is me, Tangela L. Clayton, the master teacher, delivering lessons for the Lord. We want to thank you for joining us on this journey of learning through the book of Acts. We are in chapter 21. Yay! Snap, snap, snaps. If you're just not joining us for the first time, we want to say again, welcome. Uh, but we need you to do something. Now, if you if you want to, Paul, stop it right here. Get your pen, your paper, your Bible, your prayer life. Take Jesus. Well, Jesus is already over there. And go back and do the 20, the other 20 uh, chapters that we've already posted. However, if you don't want to pause it and you say, no, nah, I kind of want to stay here. Well, then we're going to say, sit on down, sit on down. So for everyone, the book of Acts, we are focusing on a specific audience, a key personality, and a few words and or phrases. And I say few, but y'all know it's three. If you've been with me for a little minute, you know, it's three. You know, I do things in threes, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Yay. All right. So for our audience. This is going to be a two part. So this first part, um, we'll get into that. So, but our audience for this two part will be citizens of Christ. Yes, yes, yes. And I'll explain a little bit in, in a minute here. Um, but for this part, part one, for this one, we're going to talk about assimilators. You are citizens of Christ, but you are assimilators. A person who becomes similar to another in order to convert or transform them from within that person's culture. Okay. Assimilators. We're going we're gonna to repeat that because I know you got your pen and paper here. A person who becomes similar to another in order to convert or transform them from within that person's culture. As I was writing it down, <laughs> y'all know what I got. Undercover agents. Yes. Assimilators are similar to undercover agents, but they're not really undercover because they come in over the cover because you know who they are. They just assimilate themselves in your culture, in your in, in one's culture, in one's, you know, atmosphere so that they can convert or in or transform you, you know, from within. Our attribute. Of course, it's going to be adjustable. If you're an assimilator, you have to be adjustable. You have to be able to be adjusted, modifiable, adjustable. And so our three words, the first is pursue. The first definition of pursue means to seek out. And the second definition is to engage. So pursue to seek out, to engage. Our second word is play. To take a part in order to perform, resulting in a desired product. Yes, think of a big old play that you may have. Some of you are familiar with the Medea plays, but there are like other Broadway shows, different um, 
off-Broadway shows, different plays, they produce a desired product, right? But they take a part. The, the actors take a part in order to produce that desired product. Our third word or phrase is put on. Put on. To assume. Become one with a thing. To assume. To become one with a thing. So here is the reason why we're doing uh, two parts to this. Because when I was reading chapter 21, I first, in my spirit, was like, this is a continuation of chapter 20. Which it is, duh. But what I mean by that is we were talking about righteous sufferers. And when we first get into chapter 21, you'll see that it still has that theme. It still has that you know that because it's connected okay hello um but it still lends to that righteous sufferer however it starts leaning more towards citizens of christ which is chapter 22 um that was the title that i have for chapter 22 and i was going over my notes and at first i didn't really could make the connection because i was going to just just say assimilators in this particular um, chapter. I was just going to call this chapter assimilators, but then something just kept nagging at me. It was like, no, it's connected to either chapter 20 or 22's notes. And so I left it for a while, a couple of days because I had to have surgery. Yes, I had to have surgery. So, um, uh, by the way, little commercial break, they can throw away the Percocets. Mm -mm, we, we don't like those. Um, but anyways, come on back to our regular scheduled programming. So I left it for a couple of days um, to, heal, to, you know, have the surgery and to, you know, recover from that. I'm still recovering, but to just, um, just sit in the recovering process, just rest and, you know, all that good stuff, drink your water, eat your soups, all that stuff. Um, but then I picked it back up when I picked it back up and I said, okay, let me read this again. Let me go over my notes again. Citizens of Christ was, it, it gave, gave that vibe. And, and we're gonna we're gonna get into it, and I'm gonna show you in a minute. All right, so that was my background on why we're gonna make this Citizens of Christ Part One: The Assimilators. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go ahead and read the book of uh, Acts, chapter 21. You know, I like to read from the New King James Version, and you know, I will mess up these names and these city names. So hey, we're gonna do our best. That doesn't mean I'm not the master teacher. That just means I'm flawed, just like everyone else, because I'm still clay as well. I am still being molded by God as well. So here we go. Now it came to pass that when we had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos the following day to Rose and from there to Patara. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. When we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children, till we were out of the city, and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. When we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Polonius, greeted the brethren and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we were 
we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, one was, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Acabus came down for Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when we, so when he would not be persuaded, we see saying the will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we packed and went to up to Jerusalem. Also, some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them a certain Nansen of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we were to lodge. And when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to him, you see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed and they all are jealous for the law. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing. But that you yourselves also walk orderly and keep the law. But. Concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except they should keep themselves from the things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took them in, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each of them. Now, when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law in this place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, Trophimus. I forgot to look that word up to see how to pronounce it, but that's okay. The man that starts with the name T, that's an Ephesian. With him in the city whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all of the city was disturbed and the people ran together, seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple and immediately the doors were shut. Now, as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. 
Then the commander came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains. And he asked who he was and what he had done. And someone, some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. When he reached the stairs, the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people followed after crying out away with him. Then as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, he said to the commander, may I speak to you? He replied, can you speak Greek? Are you not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a rebellion and led the 4,000 assassins out into the wilderness? But Paul said, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of mean city. And I implore you, permit me to speak to the people. A citizen of no mean city. So when Paul. So when he had given him permission, Paul stood on the stairs and motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke to them in Hebrew language saying. And so that's the end of the chapter. It said he spoke in Hebrew language saying, and then it goes into 22, which is the reason why we're going to do citizens of Christ part one and part two. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Yes, yes, yes. I butchered a couple of things, but Hey, we move on. Nobody's perfect. Not even. All right. Citizens of Christ. Assimilators. <clears throat> A citizen of Christ does not belong to any one nation. They are of all nations. Hence the phrase, the phrase brother and sisters in Christ. So when you're a citizen of God, you don't, you don't ascribe to a certain custom or, or a certain um, nation's culture. You are God's people. You are God's chosen. You are the nation, the kingdom of heaven. Now, there are certain things to be called that, but it's not as strict as our tradition and custom dictates on their people. Right. So what do I mean by that? So as uh, Mexicans, there are certain things that you have to adhere to as a Mexican. Right. Um, Or should I say Spanish culture? As black cultures. um, Hmm. This one is kind of, kind of murky because as black American, African Americans, uh, we were not, we were brought here and our culture, our customs and the things that we adhere to over in Africa uh, has been lost or is trying to be replaced or erased in a sense that we are to assimilate ourselves in this the culture of the United States of America. Right. And for the most part, most of us are assimilated because we were born here. And so all we know is what we know in America. And we know America don't have any culture because whenever we, it changes every day. Okay. America's culture changes every day because, you know, it used to be that you ascribe, you want to have the American dream, right? Uh, And that is slowly going away. Why? We don't know, but we know that they keep raising the prices of housing that, you know, to, to, to try to, one of the reasons I heard the reason why they were um, 
ex uh, one of the excuses I'm gonna say well I heard what the reason why they kept raising the feds kept raising the rates is because it's not enough inventory out there and they want and it's too many buyers hogwash um <laughs> so we don't really have a culture here in America yes we do I'll take that back we do we have a culture of making sure that rich stay rich and the poor stay poor that's our culture so however that looks and in your mind that's the culture but when you are a citizen of Christ those things don't apply to you in the sense that because you are really not you're foreigners in this land whether you live in the United States, Canada, New Mexico, Spain, if you are a citizen of Christ, you are a foreigner. You are passing through. This is not your home. So that's why you you don't belong to one nation. You belong to all nations because everywhere you go, if you find a brother and sister in Christ, hey, there it is. But this land is not your home. Yes, we abide by the laws of the land because he said render unto Caesar what is Caesar. But at the end of the day, we are citizens of heaven. So therefore, we are governed under a different. Um, we are governed by the commandments of God. Ten commandments and the ones that he's given you for your personal life as well. You're governed by those commandments, which is why Paul did not adhere to the pressures of the people around him. He didn't adhere to the pressures of the people around him. Now, James did the, 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 you know, James adhered to it because he was like, oh, we, we're glad that the Gentiles are being saved. However, you know, we got, we got a bunch of Jews over here that's, you know, they zealous for God. However, they heard that, uh, you was over there telling them Gentiles, the Jews that's in exile with the Gentiles. We, we, they heard that you was over there telling them. Uh, that they don't have to adhere to the customs, which is, you know, they really mad about that. So what we going to do is <clears throat> we got these four men that that's, you know, that has committed themselves. Y'all going to go in the temple together after y'all purify yourself. Y'all going to go in the temple. So these people know that you do adhere to the customs. Pressures, right? The pressures of the people. Paul was like, yeah, okay. So, so let's get into the three words. Pursuit pursuit and then we'll we'll double back to the pressures hold on hold on i know i went a little for fast but we're gonna go to the word pursuit paul decided to pursue obedience to god over yielding to the pleas of the people they wanted him to remain free to continue to teach them as well as other people in order to be li a living sacrifice to god you cannot engage people's wills because in doing that, you will, the submissiveness to God will, will take a back seat. You will not yield to God. You will always be yielding to people, those pressures, right? You will always be yielding to the pressures of people if you don't pursue God's obedience in doing his word, right? So the best example I have of this, rather the one that keeps coming to mind is when people are accepting of death. As I think on this, you know, the Holy Spirit is letting me know that this is exactly what is going on with Paul. So, okay, God, I get it. I see. I see. I see why I keep seeing death, because in one of the verses, Paul was like, I'm, I'm accepting of the bonds, even the death to continue to, to preach and do what God told me to do. When most people are 
face with death. We're not just talking about citizens of God here, of Christ. We're talking about most people. Most people are faced with death. It is the family around them that don't want them to die. It's the family, all right? Your family, you, you get that sentence, that cancer, say you don't have so many days to live, so many months, so many years, or whatever medical diagnosis, or just the, just people just talking about death, period. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. They don't want you to die. People don't want you to leave, right? And so I found that in Citizens of Christ, some of us, we tend to discontinue pursuing obedience to God because of the pressures of people. We don't want to talk about death because it makes others uncomfortable and or we don't understand that death is a doorway to our ultimate reward. Paul understood that he counted up the cost of teaching the gospel because he knew that the doorway of death led to his ultimate reward. So he did not engage he didn't pursue the people. He pursued God. And in that, he was seeking not only to be obedient to God, but to accept the consequences of being obedient to God, which he knew led to his ultimate physical death. Physical death. And so as citizens of Christ, we need to understand that we need to pursue God and not be you know, uh, deterred by the pressures of people because people will tell you, God told me to tell you mm, <laughs> that you're going to live and not die. I laugh. I had to pause and laugh. Um, the laughing part was just, you know, a knee jerk reaction. So I, I want to tell this story in respect to the people. So I'm going to say I knew a certain person who, had a parent that was diagnosed with cancer and um yeah some 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 citizens of Christ uh told them oh this person's gonna live oh they saw that God said this person was gonna live yada 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 and then here I go was like yeah not in this life they're going to they're going to transition. No, 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 no. Eventually so and so said and I believe it. Okay. You could believe it all you want to, but um that person is going to transition. And the doctor had given that person 6 months. And 6 months to that day, that person transitioned. Who I'm not about to I was just I'm not in the I told you so ministry but I did tell them so um <laughs> I'm not in the I told you so ministry but they came back and it was like we should have listened to you we we get we get pressured from the people and and the people will hear from God they will they will these people heard the Lord telling them to tell Paul you you about to be bound but Paul was not deterred by that that's not a point of did the people hear from God or not? No, they heard. They heard from the Lord because guess what? 
all heard it too. He heard it in the previous chapter that he was going to be bound. He was going to have to suffer these things for Christ. So will he continue, continue to seek out God and to seek out his obedience to engage the people to continue to teach the word of God? Or will he let the pressures of the people and the will of the people stop him? Paul said, no. Because he understood death. He understood that death from this world means life in the other. And as Christians, we, we kind of forget that. We forget that because we get caught up in the things of this world. And so if we forget to play our part, which is our second word, we forget to play our part in God's purpose and God's big grand scheme of things. We forget to play our part. Paul played a major part in the shifting of the Christian faith from the Jews to the Gentiles, which made these Jews zealous enough to pervert that shift by saying Paul was denouncing their customs uh, by not making the Gentiles adhere to these customs. However, if we remember the Jews don't even adhere to all of their customs and they have do the ones that they perform. But they they want they are hard pressed of wanting the outsiders to keep them. So let's think about this. You don't even adhere to your own customs, and the ones that you do it, the ones that you do follow, you you kind of have followed them because you don't got lackadaisical in your faith or in your in your customs. Think about it. Uh, whatever customs or whatever you think about your family, your family used to do this, this, then third, and over the years it started getting lax and lax and lax because a lot of people really don't. Mm, yeah, we do it every year. It doesn't it doesn't hold as much value to the person. All right. But yet somebody from the outside come in and like, yeah, you got to drink this lion's blood. You don't even drink the lion's blood. Y'all done substituted the lion's blood for some great Kool-Aid. So you going to make this person drink lion's blood while you drinking Kool-Aid? Why? Why? Is it because you believe that your customs are the superior ones to the lineage of Abraham? Did, did the Jews really think that because they had the lineage of Abraham that their custom was superior? No, 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 no. I know what it is. They quote Moses a lot. So they want people to honor Moses when they don't even quite do it. They only read Moses when they go in the temple. They don't. They read it. They don't do it in their everyday lives. No, it might not be that. It may be simply that they want others, they don't want others to have access to their inheritance, by which they refused when the apostles came and brought it to them first. Let's not remember Paul and the rest of them would go to the Jews first and give them this inheritance to the key, uh, to be citizens of Christ, and they they will refuse it. But then Paul was like, "I'm done. I'm taking it to the Gentiles." Is it that? Come on now, we got we we have to figure out if we're going to make others do our to to play their part and and participate in our customs that they have to do all of these extra things that we don't even do. There's a reason behind that. Whatever that reason is, they only they know. But Paul was like, you know what? I, I'll play the part. I played a part. So if y'all want to be mad at the fact that 
I'm teaching the Jews, which I publicly told y'all. <laughs> I ripped my clothes, washed my hands. I did all the symbolism to let you know I'm not coming to you guys first because you guys don't want to listen. So here it is. His brother James says, you know what, Paul, we, 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 they, they heard that you've been doing this. And so what we want you to do is go with these four men and, you know, purify yourself, go with these four men and pay pay their, pay their way to shave their head, pay for them to get their head shaven so that people can see that you do uphold the customs of, you know, the Jews that you, you are, you, you don't, you don't just say nah away with the customs. No, that you, you, you in this. And so you do this and we we've already sent the letters to the Gentiles. We've already sent the letters to the Gentiles that they ain't really got to do it. They just got to abstain from, you know, blood and from idols and from sexual immorality and from things that were strangled. We've already said that. So they pretty much threw rock. They pretty much, you know, did a what do they call it? Um, a good showing of faith. But yet they sent letters behind the Jews back like okay Jews that see look we 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 doing the customs but then we told the people behind us you ain't got to do it and we know through Paul's teaching because of the first 20 chapters that Paul wasn't like that so so what did Paul why why would Paul go along with absolving himself of these accusation of the Jews by the purification why did he go along with it well Paul played his part he played his part by going into that temple and by doing what they told him to do. Cause one, he he is a Jew. Don't 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 get me wrong. He is a Jew. Um, but once he did that, he was then accused of bringing a Gentile into the temple. Now this is odd. This is very odd because you see now that they're grabbing for straws. They want Paul to do this, but then do that, but then accuse him of this, and then accuse him of that. Um. Because when you look at this, Paul is being charged with a crime that he's allegedly committed. But when studying the customs, it would be the Gentile that's supposed to be punished, not Paul. So if a Gentile goes into the Jewish temple and he's, you know, according to their custom, it would be the Gentile. But because they saw Paul with this guy whose name I can't pronounce, so we're just going to move right along. When they saw Paul with this guy, they assumed Paul took the guy into the temple. Did he drag him in there? Did he beat him over the head with a club? No, the guy, if the guy had went into the temple, which they didn't see, they just assumed um, it would be him that would get the, you know, beating and be charged because he was undefiled, according to the customs. He would be undefiled. So, but you know what? Watching first forty-eight and all these criminal shows, you you kind of think did did James set Paul up? Did James succumb to the pressures that led to Paul's attainment and being? Did James set Paul up? Yeah, yeah, that that conspiracy mind come to come come forth and be like, dog, man, you set my boy up. But then, but then Paul's agreement to go have more weight on Paul playing his part in the bigger role of God's doing. Like Paul knew in order to, he might not have known the whole thing, but Paul, Paul may have been like, you know, cause you know, we, we see in part and we prophesy in part. I just had to throw that out there. Paul might not have known the whole, not seen the big, big picture 
But in his mind, yeah, I'll, I'll agree because something's going to come of this. He knew, kind of knew something was going to come of this. And so it led to him that him being captured, they beat him half deaf, the soldiers, you know, stopping it. And then he goes, they're ready to be, he has to be carried into the barracks because they beat him so severely, but he has strength enough to be able to put on and put off his citizenship of the world through his education of various degrees, his association, uh, with influential people he has converted, but most importantly, his allegiance to God by his dedication and obedience to teaching the gospel. Paul is able to pick up the citizenship of, you know, being a Jew of being a Jew. He's able to, dial into that to put on to assume his his jewish citizenship um to ask to speak to the people now they thought the romans thought he was an egyptian because it was an egyptian that came through that started some you know this this uh rebellion and they caught most of the people but they didn't catch the leader so they didn't even know who paul was so they thought paul was an egyptian the egyptian rebellion but no, Paul was like, I'm, I'm a Jew. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the people that's beating on me because he's a citizen of God. He was able to, you know, tap into the different citizenships of the world that he's become a part of and able to do the things that he do. And I'm, 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 I'm holding back because it leads into the second part. So I'm holding back. So let's recap here. So let's recap here. So we have citizens of Christ who are assimilators, who are able to become similar in order to convert or transform. Later in the books, you hear Paul say that he becomes all things to all people that he might win some. We'll tackle that a little later, but you know, this is where it starts. It starts by being a citizen of Christ that you're able to, you know, modify yourself adjust yourself so that you can go in to these different crowds so that you can go into these different peoples to bring them into christ you're able to pursue the obedience of god so that you can play your part and that you could put on and put off these things yeah no, I'm not talking about the people who claim to be citizens of Christ just to cover their sins so that they can go to these forbidding places. Because to be honest, if you're not pulling, then you're being pushed. If you're not pulling those to Christ, then you're being pushed to do what they're wanting you to do. The pressures of the people. I'm not talking about these citizens of Christ who uh, cover their sins of let's just go with the homosexuality you see them you hear it in their music you see it in their walk you see it in their mannerism you see that they don't have wives you see they don't even be around females like that and the females that they do be around are already married to other people you see them and then when you see them coming out of you know clubs that frequent same-sex couples what are they doing in there what are they doing in there who is following them out is it one to follow them home Hmm. who's hearing the word of God in that Did God, God real, are you that strong in your faith to go in a, say, if you a guy to go in a same sex club 
to try to pull people. But you yourself have that spirit all over you. Are you an alcoholic who in the Bible doesn't tell you you can't drink? He says doesn't drink. He say the Bible says don't drink to be a drunkard. But you have made drinking your idol. You're not far out of your two, your 12 step program. You probably on step number six and you back at the bar in which you frequent to do what? To do what? What are you doing? You're not completing your healing. I've recently seen a, a show, a, a podcast where the young lady is not even out of her healing yet, but yet she's offering healing to people by way of five thousand and seven five hundred dollars per person to come to the camp. Are you out of your healing or are you you need money? I'm not talking about those citizens of Christ again who attain Christ, who put on Christ to assume Christ to assimilate themselves into the Christian world because we've made it. We, the Christian, the citizens of God, the Christians of America, the Christians of the world have made it so open that people can come in and do whatever they want to do and just just put Jesus, the Jesus stamp on it, as someone would say, put the stamp of God on it and say, yeah, that's God. We've made this so easy to be manipulated, but not Paul. Not Paul and not the Pauls that are of this world and not the Paulettes of this world. We, we, we don't ascribe to that. We know that there's a narrow way to the kingdom and broad is the way to destruction. So if they on that broad road and they using them pronouns, pronouns wasn't just used by the homosexual community, not homosexual, the, 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 you know, the L G B the, the alphabet people, no disrespect. Um, but you, you weren't the first ones to use pronouns. It started in the church. Put that in your peace pipe and smoke it. It started in the church. They turned God. They stopped saying Jesus and they start saying you. Oh Lord, this done turned into a whole nother. <laughs> Woo. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. The pronoun started in the church. They changed Jesus to you. Uh, and some other pronouns instead of saying Jesus, because we know that there's power in saying Jesus. We know that demons shall flee, that every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall profess that Jesus is Lord. So that's why we need to pursue God and his obedience. We need to play our part in what God is telling us to do so that we can put on and off. So that way we can, uh, uh, you know, win souls to Christ, citizens of Christ, assimilators. Those that have an ear, let them hear. We've hope you've been blessed by another episode of The Teaching Prophet. Don't forget to like, share, and or comment on whichever platform you are listening. We pray you tune in next time. God bless.